Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So today we're going to talk about the soul a little bit. So I'm going to put a picture up on the screen for you. This is a series we're in called Soul What. I'm going to put a picture on the screen before I get started. This is a Kind of what we're covering the soul. So when you look at the Bible, the Bible breaks down the soul as the mind, the will, and the emotions, okay? The mind, the will, and the emotions. Today we're going to talk about the will. Last week we talked about the mind, and uh, I told you the reason I brought Haley up. She's one of the smartest people I know. She's very intelligent, and um, uh, she really is. She knows. If you ask her about history, um, my daughters will tell you, like, she will break it down for you. Don't ask her about it. Don't ask her. Like, if you don't want to know, don't ask, because it will. she'll take you on a ride, man. It's like, oh, yeah, sit down. Let's talk. We'll, we'll sit all day and talk about all kind of history. So um, anyway, she's super smart, and we talked about the mind. So today we're going to talk about the will, and today you see what it says. Will is, basically from the Bible standpoint, is the choice and free will given to us by God. So I'm going to talk about some things today, and the idea of free will and, and the choice given to you by God. I know it's not, uh, it's not always the most, um, and, and some teaching is not always that common. Some people say that's not exactly the case. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But you have a free will from God, a choice. And then you see the emotions next week. We're going to talk a little bit about this. But these all work together. So when I, last week we talked about the mind. The mind is not independent of the, of, the, of the will, and the will is not independent of the emotions. And so uh, I'll give you a little story to give you an idea of this and to let you know you have a choice in everything. Everything is a choice. Um, it's not a uh, God didn't make you do something, nor did the devil make you do something. It's your choice. Now, can you be influenced by either one? Of course you can. But it's still your choice. So when I was a kid, I was, uh, it was first grade, and I don't know how many of you guys went to, anybody here went to the old model school, like, I mean, over on old Calhoun, oh, well, look at this, raise your hand, you went to the old model school, you know what I'm talking about, just a few of us, that's weird, it's all on this side, like, what's, the model people, they know each other, right, they don't even know it, I just feel it, man, I feel it, right, so, if you went there, you know what I'm talking about, right, it's old, this old building, it was, for me, it was really cool, though, I, I loved it, I thought it was neat, and so, but in first grade, I don't know if they built the, um, the addition, or what, but in first grade, they, we had, there was an old, the old model school's brick, and uh, if you go by there now, it's just all run down kind of thing. It was all old brick, and, and it looked kind of old school, you know, like, I don't know, something from, it's just really neat looking, the front. But on the side, the new addition for us first graders, we had this little white building, and they painted the brick white. I don't know why they did that. Like, here's this old looking, you know, now today it would be super, uh, um, people would love to do it because it's like kind of vintage, right? Here's a vintage school. And then right beside it, you put this little white-looking thing. It was just kind of odd, with a blue roof, you know. And everything else is old, vintage. Here's this white building with a blue roof. It's kind of strange. I don't know how new this building was, but I was first grade. And um, I had this idea. I don't know where it came from. I had no idea. It just... We had these markers in first grade. And uh, I just thought it was going to be really cool to just do some graffiti, you know. On the back side, where not, no teacher could see, you know. So strategically, I had a friend who, I said, you're going to stay post here while I do my graffiti. It's going to be awesome. Man, this little artist, my little right brain creativity is going off. And, little thing there. So I did it all as well. Put the markers up. I mean, you know, we're good to go. Next couple hours, here's, I don't know if y'all remember Miss Rush. Anybody remember Miss Rush? There you go. Nancy. Here she comes, Jody. Do you write on those walls? Now, here comes the point where everyone in here knows what I'm about to say. 
No halo, no horns, but this is what I said. No, ma'am. <laughs> now, that's my, you guys put the image back up there and leave it up there for me if you don't mind for a minute. That was my will, my choice. I said no. I wrote on the walls and then I lied about it and said no. So they interrogated my friend. Did he write on the walls? She caved in. I'm like, you're so weak. They just, one interrogation moment, you know, as a first year, you just gave in, man. He's so weak. And I felt, she ratted me out, man. I felt kind of like, as a first grader, I'm betrayed by my friend that's standing post over here. I've lied to the teacher. She knows I did it. And all was well until they called Rudy. And after that, everything changed. Like, all I remember is, I finally said, yes, I did do it. Yes, I did. Yes, ma'am, I did. Thank you for admitting what we all already knew. But why would I do such a thing? And I wouldn't do that now. And it has nothing, when it comes to salvation, you are influenced by the Lord through his word. And what we talked about last week, the renewing of their mind. It changes how you think and it affects your choice and your will. Your choice and your will is affected by the renewing of your mind. Your choice and your will also can affect you wanting to renew your mind. Now these all work together because watch, if you're emotionally spent, probably the last thing that you think is going to help you is choosing to go renew your mind. However, biblically speaking, spiritual development would tell you the best thing you could do when you're at the lowest point of your life is to choose to get into God's word and pray. But your emotions will tell you no, and your mind may say, why? This is all, the choice factor is huge. And you have a choice from God. So we'll talk a little bit about this today. So let me give you a couple of scriptures, right? About the will. Um, and so I'm going to skip over a couple of things, guys, this morning, just for, uh, just because of just what I've just covered here. But renewing the mind is a choice. I've already said, but renewing a mind is a choice, and Scripture tells us to do something about it. The Scriptures tells us something. Romans chapter 12, let's look at it right now. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. We talked about it last week. We'll watch the connection between your, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions here, okay? Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. So what that tells you is, as a Christian, can you be conformed to this world? Yet you really can. So he says, do not be conformed to this world. So how do you not become conformed? But be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. So that, why do you renew your mind? Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Why? So that you may prove what the will of God is. So God has a choice. God has a will. And he says if you renew your mind, you can prove out his will. In other words, you begin to make different choices. I choose things differently. I no longer do graffiti on the wall. (laughs) Thank God for that, right? Wouldn't it be bad, your pastor, you know, you get next, where's Pastor Jody? Well, you know, <laughs> you're doing a little graffiti downtown. You know, that'd be embarrassing, you know, wouldn't it? I don't do graffiti anymore. So, <clears throat> but the mind, it says, this, you prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. When you renew the mind, it causes you to make better choices. Your will is affected. But I'm telling you, guys, put the image back up if you don't mind. I'm telling you. If you make this choice, <clears throat> when you choose the, the will to choose to renew your mind, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's just not. I mean, 
I've had a glimpse the last couple of weeks of, of pain, physical pain, and I've never had it before. I've been blessed by good health. I have, for the most part, I've been injured a number of times doing very silly things. Apparently something I did 20 years ago has now come up to say hello, remember me, and affected this, this pain I've had the last couple of weeks of my neck, shoulder, whatever. And But what I've realized is the presence of extreme pain makes it very difficult when you feel physically such pain, it makes it very difficult to choose to renew your mind with God's word. Because you're hurting so bad, you're like, it can't possibly be this that will help. But I'm telling you, the best thing that you have to force yourself to do is to get in God's word. When you fall short, when you're in pain, when you feel like, oh man, God doesn't love me anymore, that's the best time to get back to God. Because he, as we said, he's with you. Even in the pain and without, he's with you when you feel like it and you don't. The best thing to when you're at the lowest point of your life is to be in God's word. But it is a choice. And here's a couple of verses about choosing. Joshua 24, 15. We want to talk about your family and declaring our families will be saved. And declare. It comes, it starts with a choice. Joshua said, today's the day you're going to pick. He's very clear with his, the people there. He said, you, you choose today. Which one are you going to serve? Will it be the gods over here? Or will it be the Lord our God? But you need to make a choice. He's been very clear. You just need to make a choice. But he wants him to know, as for me, he starts with me first, which is I love. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Does he, does he get everything right? No. Does his family get everything right? No. But we're going to what? We're going to serve the Lord. The Lord told Moses to tell the people of God this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. He said, I call heaven and earth. This is the Lord speaking to them. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. That means the heaven, all the angels, heaven above, and the earth below are witnesses to this decision. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you. The Lord has set before you, given you this, life and death, the blessing and the curse. So watch what he says. What do you got to do? Choose. He is saying, choose life. Why? In order that you might live and be blessed. The blessing of God, the favor of God is available. And it doesn't mean you choosing to do all the best things and right things. It's not about you. It's about you choosing. I wish we could all get this. It's very hard to explain this because there is an element of grace that is very much present with the Lord. And you can't earn it. You know, you can't work so hard to get it. No matter how many times you pray, it's not about the grace of God is very present. However, the Lord is very clear. Your choice determines how that grace activates in your life. If I choose death, if I choose to go against God's word when he says very clearly something, the Lord's favor is not going to be with us. But you can choose life. This is what's crazy. You can choose life and say, I'm working and I'm serving you, Lord. I'm going with what you say in your word and make mistakes. And the grace will still be there to pick you back up and help you again. It's the most, on one end, simplistic thing, but yet so complicated to grasp sometimes. But it's about the choice. I learned this uh, from my mom-in-law. My mom in love. I learned that from a Spaniel church, Pastor Victor's mom in love. That's what they call it. So I said, that's my mom in love. So, um... Mom-in-law sounds weird, though. You ever thought about it? 
Don't sound weird. I don't know where. I need to look that up. I asked Haley where it come from. She'd tell me a minute. <laughs> mom law. But my mom in love. So I learned this years ago. When we'd go, I go over to the house, her, their house, and they had a, an extra couple of bedrooms, whatever. And one of them, she kind of had set up. So whenever she would go to work, and she managed a lot of stuff in the offices where she worked, uh, very fast-paced and a lot of responsibility. You'd go in there and you'd see like sometimes one, two, three uniforms laid out on the bed. I was like, what? What's that all about? They were ready to go, man. She said, and this is what she, well, the reason why is because in the morning when you have to get up as early as I do, last thing you want to do is be trying to figure out what you're supposed to wear. I thought, that's genius. I thought it's genius because I hate that. Have you ever thought about when you're in a hurry the next morning, if you don't lay out your clothes and get some things ready, have you noticed how much more hectic it feels? You're like, oh, where's the socks at? I don't know. Like, where is, it's like important stuff, socks, you know, where are they? I can't find them. But if you lay them out the night before, it's like, it's one less thing you have to think about. The only thing I thought about this morning when I got it was this. Where's the pain medication and a cup of coffee? And 30 minutes later, I'll be okay. That's what I thought about. I didn't think about my clothes because I choose to do something else that helps me get better the next day. You don't choose to go to church at 8.30 on Sunday morning. You choose the night before. You don't choose whether or not I'm going to check out the services this week online, whether you're watching live or you watch later. You don't choose. You make the choice before you go. It's a choice. It's not about how perfect or good you are. It's a choice. Choose, and God comes along with the power. Okay, so that's the will. You have the will, the ability to choose. You chose this morning to be at church. You're choosing to continue to listen to me talk about your choice. It's a choice. It's a beautiful thing. Like there's no one at the door stopping you from leaving. It's a choice. So you have this ability to choose. The next thing I'll talk about a little bit is you have what's called free will. So you have the will, the ability to make the choice, and then you have what God calls, what we call, but it's in the Bible, free will. It means this. It has to be understood in regards to Adam, to us, and to Jesus. So I'm going to put three things up on the screen for you, if we can do that, guys. So I'm going to show you the will of Jesus, the will of Adam, and the will of humanity. Again, these are choices, right? Very important to understand this, the will. So this is Jesus, the will of Jesus. He chose before the foundation of the world to die for us. I could give you a multitude of scriptures to prove this. I don't have the time to do that right now. Revelation says, even before the foundation of the world, he was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Before God ever created humanity, he and Jesus and the Holy Spirit got together and said, look, if we do this, we understand what might take place. Are we willing to pay the ultimate price for humanity if we do this? And Jesus said, if it costs that, I'm willing to do that. What? He chose That's why you have to understand how much he loves you. He knew before you ever were created that you would fall short. And yet, he died for you anyway. His will might be the great, it really is the greatest choice ever. Not yours, it's his. Second thing, though, is the will of Adam. Understand the difference. Adam chose to transgress and turn over his, all of his authority to Satan. You might say, what does that mean? Well, the Bible tells us in many places that Satan is the God of this world. If you look up scripture, if you read enough of it, you'll see that when Adam sinned, he fell not just short, he turned over everything God entrusted to him. 
God told him to subdue the earth, to be in charge, to rule, to reign, to give you authority. He gave everything over to Satan. When you read about the temptation of Jesus, you'll see this. When Jesus was tempted three different times in the wilderness, Satan came to him and said, look, I'll give you all these kingdoms. Everything in this world, it belongs to me, I'll give it to you if you'll just fall down and worship me. Well, Jesus never said you're a liar. Now, he is a liar, but he never said you're a liar. He never said that's not true. Jesus never contested what he said. He said, no, it's written, you should not worship anyone but the Lord thy God. So Jesus doesn't contest what he said. And if you don't believe that, just look around what we're praying for right now, the chaos in the world. The things that you see and you hear and you find, you, you understand there is an evil in this world. And he's kind of running a lot of junk. Because of Adam's decision, it cost everything. And that's why Jesus had to make his decision first. He didn't wait for Adam to choose. He chose. Listen, can I just for a moment? Fellas, listen. I know we're in this whole like thing about, oh, we got to be careful. Fellas, listen. You want your wife to respect you? You choose. Don't wait for her to say, honey, are we going to church today? No, baby. We are going to church today. And that's not a dictator. That's some man trying to run over stuff. That's a man saying, listen, as for my we're going to serve the Lord. You want her to look at you and be like, hey, honey. Nothing, nothing works better than saying it in a respectful way. No, we're going to church. And not the day of, the night before. We're going. Kids, let's go. We're going. We're doing this. Really, honey? All right. All right, baby. You know? Choose something. Just choose. Don't, don't make her eat what, you know, she don't want to eat. But, like, choose some stuff that she wants you to choose. Don't wait for her to choose everything. That's a side note. You can thank me later. But then there's the will of humanity. This is our choice. We choose whether or not we're going to believe in Jesus or we deny him in salvation. It is a choice. And if Jesus died for you first and you choose him, stop trying to figure out all that, well, am I good enough or not good enough? It's not about, it's a choice. He can help you with all the other stuff, but it has to start first with a choice. And he's willing to give you the choice you want. So as a free will statement, listen to this. You were born into sin with no choice. Whether you realize this or not, all of us are born into sin. The Bible tells us, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, every child born, all my three daughters, as wonderful and beautiful as they are, every one of them were born into sin. They have to make a decision for Jesus. They can't get in on the backside of mine. They certainly don't get in because I'm a pastor. We have conversations with them. We talk about stuff. My kids ask me questions, Dad. What if I said this? What if I did this? And, and what if I embarrass you as a pastor? I said, you'll never embarrass me because, first of all, I don't live this life as a pastor. I live it as a Christian. And I'll drop that pastor title in a moment. You don't think I won't in a moment help my kids? I could care less about a title. My kids mean the world to me. That title means nothing. That's a call and a thing that I do as the Lord gives me gifting to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, you don't think it, look, it, would you not run for your children for whatever you could? Absolutely. As long as, you know, they're willing to. Now, if they become all rebellious and stuff like that, I'll be like, listen, Jack, now you know. I ain't going to scoop you up every time. It's your choice right there. But you never embarrass me. You're never going to, I'll do whatever I have to do, right? You understand what I mean? So all of us were born into sin with no choice. But listen, you do have a choice to be born again. And choice means it's simply this. It's free will. And God isn't magically moving you to anything. He isn't forcing you to do anything. You have a free will. Will And it's my choice to follow or not. Let me give you a couple of scriptures to think about this from John 16, 13, okay? Talking about the Holy Spirit. 
It says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will, watch this, he will force you into all truth. He'll make you believe stuff. Like God's going to just, you know, when we say, when we pray for people to come to Christ, we pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Conviction means I know I need to make a choice, but watch this, it's still my choice. And I could be under the conviction of the Holy Spirit all day long and not choose to follow him. All right, so he will guide you. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative. Watch this. But whatever he hears, he'll speak and he'll disclose to you what is to come. He's going to show you. He's going to reveal to you truth. He'll show you things to come. He'll warn you if we listen. You know the crazy thing about this whole thing with my neck? I was thinking about this just the other day. I was praying about some stuff. God, you, you got to step in. I, I can't take this. I mean, I'm like, I mean, so, I, when I tell you like, they asked me one to 10, what's your pain level? I said, it ain't on that chart. You got another one over 10? Because like one to 10, I can't figure that one out with this. I was just praying, asking God, Lord. And I remembered this was probably six months, maybe longer. I kept feeling like the Holy Spirit was telling me I use two pillows. I don't know what you do. I'm a two-pillar guy. Maybe use three. I don't know. One. I, don't know. But I kept feeling like this prompting of, like, take one of those pillows out. <laughs> you may think that's ridiculous. But it ain't ridiculous when your neck's hurting six months later. If I'd have listened, maybe that would have resolved some things. I don't know. But he's there to guide you in all truth. Help you. But he won't force you. So in choosing, let me just say this, has nothing to do with ability. It's a choice. It has nothing to do with ability. And watch this. The choice, if you guys can put that uh, image back up for me so I can show them one, one thing right here. Um, with this image, I want you to see something. The choice has nothing to do with ability. But when you choose to do something, all right, the moment you choose, you activate either one of two things. From your brain, the side of your brain, you either activate the knowledge that you already know to do something, or you activate your brain to begin to study on how to resolve the choice you just made. So you're, you see how your mind is working with your will, but it starts with a choice. So here's a great question I have for you. Why do we quit so quickly after choosing to start something? Like why New Year's, resolu- New Year's resolutions? All of them are gone right now. Or maybe 10% of the people who said, I'm going, I'm going to. I'm going to lose this kind of pounds. I'm going to do this kind of thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, by March, I bet you I'm going to is gone. The reason you're laughing is because you know, you said I'm going to, and now it's gone. Well, I saw Haley, I said, after this, when I get better, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not playing. I was like, I I will be working out again. I'm done. She's looking at me like, you know, because she said for years, once we got married, why'd you stop working out? You used to work out. Y'all like, you know, I don't know. I feel like the caveman. Man caught woman. Man succeed. (laughs) Man no longer need to work out. and be buff. I don't know why I thought that. Why are you laughing so much? You know, it's true. Fellas, what happened? Why? Why'd you quit? Me caught her. You know, I don't know. But me have to work out again for sure. So why do we get so quickly after choosing to start something? I, I think it's because we undermine our choice 
when we don't have something solid to carry us. So if you make the choice or the will to follow Christ, but do not go, and if you guys put the image up for me again real quick, if we make the choice to follow Christ, but this is why we, we, we do our best to tell people, you have to choose discipleship. If you don't choose to renew your mind with the word of God, you will revert back. You may have chosen Christ and had the blood of Jesus cover you and be redeemed, but it will be like Proverbs says, it will be like the dog that returns back to his vomit if you don't renew your mind. And you can find that in Proverbs uh, 26, 11, by the way. It's, it's in the Bible. It's disgusting, but it's in the Bible. I mean, a dog does that. Have you ever seen a dog do that? You go like, what's he thinking? I mean, there's the little dog, and she's just threw up, and now she's eating it. Why? Do you not think that? I don't know. I'd love to ask a vet one day, Why? But we do it as humans, without renewing our minds, we go back to what we were once delivered from, because we don't have the power to sustain us by the renewing of our minds. And we, when we do that, it undermines our choice. So what happens is then, if you guys could put up uh, that screenshot one more time of the image, I know I'm going back and forth a lot, but I want you to really see this before I go forward to this next part. If we make a choice, and we don't carry it out, your mind says, your choices do not matter. And so when your mind says that, you've trained the mind to say, when you choose something, it, makes no, it doesn't make a difference. It means nothing to me. You, you, know, you said you're going to you know, work out, but you don't. And why am I sitting in front of you? Because now I've got accountability. I'm not, see, I, me saying that out loud to you, in front of all of you, you will know if I don't go through with it. And then you're going to wonder, why didn't you go through with your choice? You don't hold your choice to be you know, important. Every time I say I'm going to do something and in my mind hears me say I'm going to and I never do it, it says your choices are unimportant to me. So it's been trained to think you're not going to do it. That will could be super strong if we carry it out. And your mind combined with it, it, it begins to change how we are. But your spirit understands this. And this is how important this is. Your spirit understands this. But... You have to develop what's inside and get stronger. And this is what Proverbs 18, 14 says. It says, the spirit of a man can endure his sickness. Help me, Lord Jesus, on that one. Whoo, it's testing. I'll be honest, it's a test right now for sure. The spirit of a man shall endure him in his sicknesses. But for a broken spirit, who can bear it? In other words, it means this. Your spirit's strength comes alongside you. And you can go through some junk if you got enough in here to help you get through it. You can go through some crazy junk if enough is in here. But if there's not enough in here, then I mean, somebody can give you the wrong food at the drive through and get mad. And, oh, that's offended. No, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody how offended I am because I didn't get my right burger. Just take the lettuce and tomato off. It ain't that big a deal. Don't embarrass yourself in front of that girl. She just started working because nobody else wanted to work. Leave her alone. Thank God she's cooking and helping you out. I'm thanking God for some people that drive through right now because ain't but one guy cooking and one person taking money. This is just crazy. Don't get mad at her. Just take the lettuce and onion off. Smile at her. Next time say, honey, listen, could I get it next time without the onion? Because it gives me bad breath and I can't get any kisses. You know what I mean? Like I... Anyway, the spirit of a man <laughs> is the word ruach. Now, that's Hebrew. That's about the best I can do for you. It's Ruach. So I'll put it up here for you. You can see this. Ruach, and that's the spelling in Hebrew there. This can be interchangeable with the soul or the spirit in this case. Not in every case, but in Hebrew, in this case, it is a variable. 
And you have to know this to be able to understand the sentence in our culture. The spirit of the man can endure his sicknesses. What if we changed it and say this? I know I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. My spirit is in check with God. I know that. But what if we said instead of spirit, what if we interchanged the word and said, the soul of a person can endure in his sicknesses. So now the responsibility goes off of God and comes back to us. The soul of a man. I really don't think it's the spirit is as much a problem as we talk about as much as it's the soul. It's my ability to bring my mind and my will and my emotions into the subjection of Jesus. It's the soul of a man. And listen to this. You need a tough spirit to endure. And if when we feed on God's word, we strengthen our spirit. But watch this. We renew our souls. I have learned so many things. If you just want to change the way you think about culture, you may not even realize you're a part of the culture. Read the book of Proverbs. And you will see things in there and go like, huh, I never thought about that. I'm going to add this to my life. Some very good wisdom. Just the book of Proverbs alone will change your soul. So we have the will. We have free will. You choose. It's up to you. Life or death, blessing, it's your choice. And then we have his will. Now, as we talk about his will just for the next few minutes, I'm not going to be long on this because uh, it could get real deep real quick. Like, real quick. But when we talk about his will, there is an idea that's out there today. It's very popular among people. That people say that there are only some that are elected into Christianity. In other words, there's an election. And, you know, when you say that word elect or elections, you think in our culture how you cast a ballot, right? You cast a ballot. And there's an election that takes place and then there's an accounting. And so when you think about this, people say, well, there's an election. And it says that there are only some who are elected into the family. There are only some that God chooses to be redeemed because he knows everything so therefore he already knows and he knows that who's going to be accepted and who's not and he's already chosen this and so there's some that are elected and those that are and those that are not the only problem with that um and don't check out on me right here for the next minute or two the only problem with that is this um it goes against all of what the scriptures teach on free will and so i think we can all agree on this that the following scriptures i'm about to read to you are his will but when we read these scriptures the question will be is, but for whom is his will being spoken to? Because I, I, you know, I have friends that believe this. And I tell them, the problem with this belief is, you get a little bit arrogant in it. Because you say, well, I'm elected and they are not. It's like someone with a gift that God uses, maybe a gift from the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have a gifting from God that is very unique, biblically speaking. Not everybody has all the same gifts. But if you have a gift and you begin to puff up with that gift... You act like, well, because you don't have the gift, then I'm a superior to you. And you're not superior. You have a grace gift. It's charis. It's a grace gift from God. It's not yours. You certainly can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? Anything that causes someone to rise himself above and says, I'm above you spiritually, I'm sorry. There, I have a problem with that. And so I told my friends this. I said, your belief gets very arrogant quickly because you say we are elected and we are the chosen ones. And... If you're not, then you're not. I said, it just, it just gets very arrogant to me. So let me give you a couple of verses of scripture as we wrap up today. So Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 says, Just as he chose us, remember his will is to choose. Jesus chose us for the foundation of the world. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined 
us to adoption as sons and daughters, but you understand the, cult, the writing of this context here, but sons and daughters, through Jesus Christ himself, according to the kind intention of his will. And so this is where predestination gets into fact with Christianity. And I'm not getting deep with this. I'm just going to give you a little brief thing here. Ephesians 1.11 says, Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. And so sometimes people take this and they say, See, some are predestined for God and some are not. And so if you turn to God, it must be because God drew you to himself in such a way, you repent and you turn to God and you were one of the chosen ones. And the problem with that is when you say that, is well, what about somebody who has not come to Christ? How do you think that makes them feel? Am I chosen or am I not? And what about you as a believer? If you're not strong in your beliefs, if you don't know the scriptures very well, and I say some are chosen and some are not, some are elected and some are not, you may begin to think, well, because I stumbled, maybe I'm not in. Maybe I'm not elected because I fall short. Maybe because of my issues, I'm trying to be better, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix some stuff, but because of my issues, maybe I wasn't elected, maybe, I'm not, maybe Jesus didn't even save me. Do you see how, do you see how, this could get really bad really quick. This is why I don't believe that there is an election because there is the elect, yes, but it has to do with your free will. So let me show you and prove to you from scripture, so I'm not going to get too deep with this, but I will give you a couple of scriptures to prove to you that is your choice. So Joel 2.32 says, this is also found in Romans 10.9, it's also found in Acts 2 and many other places of the Bible, but and it will come to pass that in that day, everybody said together with me, whoever, y'all didn't say it with me, we're going to say it again, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I'm going to tell you something, I don't need any more verses. That and right there will do just fine for me because I'm a whoever. I'm counting on that one. An elected thing, I don't know, a whoever, that's what he said. Let me bring it to you in some of the new covenant writings, if you will. John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, not the elect. The world. Jesus didn't die for a few, baby. Listen, he died for the world. I don't know about you, but for God so loved the world, not the elect. Not for a few that's got their stuff together. No, I was just a good two. No, he didn't, he didn't die for you. He died for people like me who didn't just write graffiti on the walls but struggled in big time in sin. He died for the world. And it was a choice. And so John 3.16, very clear about that. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Love this verse. For the Lord is not slow about his promise. So if you've got family members who have not yet turned, he's not slow about his promise as some count slowness. But is patient towards you. Not wishing, watch this, for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He didn't save just a few. Goody two-shoes, hoity-toity people. Got their stuff together. I come to church. I got it all together. Smile real good. Got a tic-tac. Your breath smells good. You got your shoes polished. He died for everybody. He died for the people right now that's out on the streets. You think, well, they'll never change. The Holy Spirit could convict them tomorrow and they convert to Christ because the blood of Jesus was poured out not on an altar made with human hands but the one in heaven. So now it's a covenant. It's not. It's a covenant based on choice. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. No other prerequisite. 
He didn't say you had to have to be the right denomination. He didn't say you had to be elected. He didn't say you had to get your stuff together. He said, just choose me and I'll get you on the right path from there. That's it. You might say, I just don't know about that, Pastor Jody. Well, biblically speaking, that's the truth. And if you've ever been the one in sin, aren't you grateful that you could be the whosoever? Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm glad I didn't have to have this right and that right and this right and this right and all this stuff in order before I could get myself before him. I'm glad he said whosoever. So I take him at his word. So this morning, that's his will. If you're watching online right now, that's his will. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not asking you to get it all right. He's saying, just make the choice. If you choose me, he promises you in his word I will never leave you. I will never forsaken you. I will be with you even unto the end of the age. That's in red in the Bible from your Lord. So what choice this morning can I ask you do you need to make? The power of choice is very real. But it's your will. I love my children, but I don't know if you've ever figured this out by parenting. You can't force. Now, listen, if you've got a child that's not strong-willed, you know what? I don't even want to talk to you. You can go do your thing. Just don't tell me how to parent, all right? I don't need that. But if you've got a strong-willed child, you know what I'm saying. You can't force. Now, you can do all kind of discipline. You do whatever you want to. But I'm telling you, the will is a strong thing. And you've got to help them figure out. Let me show you why this is important. You choose differently. Choice is a very powerful thing. So what choice do you need to make this morning? And maybe you're already saved. Maybe you need to make a choice again that says, you know what, God, I just surrender everything to you because I can't fix my life. I'm trying, I'm trying to do the best I can, but it's not working. And I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to say, here I am again. Here I am. Whatever you want, Lord. Just whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's a choice. You know, we used to say in school, don't say, God, whatever you want me to do, because he might send you overseas some country where you have to eat bugs or something. I don't know. It'd freak everybody out. But I'm telling you, whatever you want, God. What if he did want to do that? Would we surrender? That's what I'm asking you for this morning. What, what, what choice do you need to make? I'm asking you to close your eyes and just bow your head right now. Just in this moment. A moment of choice. It's not a moment of your actions being right or wrong. Just a choice today. If you're watching online right now, what choice do you need to make? I just feel like there's some of you, you know there's a choice you need to make and you're, maybe you've held back on it because what will people think if I surrender this to the Lord? Well, better to surrender to God and worry about what He thinks than what other people think. Maybe it's a choice with your family right now. Maybe men, listen to me. As a husband, maybe you need to choose to change some things. As a spouse, as a wife, maybe you need to choose to change some things in your marriage. Maybe you need to choose to stop blaming one another and just choose to say, God, I surrender my marriage to you right now. And just in a holy moment, Lord, I just give you everything. I give you my kids. I give you my, my finances. I give you my health. <clears throat> I give you my marriage. I give you everything, Lord. Maybe you need to surrender your nation to you, to him. 
let him do what he wants to do. God, I just give you my country. God, I'm, I'm worried about things, but Lord, I give that to you right now. I choose to trust you. So what choice right now? The greatest choice you could make is to turn to Christ. And know this, that the Lord has chosen you already. Before the world even was formed, he chose you. He, sp- he spilled his blood for you. And he's already chosen. He's asking you, will you choose today? So you're watching online or in this room right now. I'm, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. There's choices being made all in this room right now. I, just, I can just tell, man. There are choices being made. Some of you, by the Holy Spirit, he's saying, thank you for choosing. It's just a heart adjustment. I choose to treat people different. I choose to respond differently to what people say to me. God, help me figure out how to do that. But I'm choosing today. But if you're in here and you don't know Christ or online, you you don't know Jesus, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And I'm telling you, if you've ever heard that that Jesus died for some and not for all, I'm telling you, first of all, I'm going to pray against that. We're asking God to help you remove that from your thought life before we pray for salvation. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, if there's anybody who's ever heard that, they're watching online or in this room, that they think or they've been taught that, that, that your blood was shed for just a few. We just break that off of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, that is a false teaching. It is not true. And yes, I said false. It's a false teaching. It is not true. In Jesus' name, we just break that off of them. And we say, Lord, Holy Spirit, help them to be able to receive and hear the message of salvation as we pray this prayer. Now, if you've never accepted Christ, I'm going to lead you in prayer right now. You're going to pray this with us. This whole church is going to pray. You're online. You need to pray this prayer. The whole church is going to pray with you right now. Just follow me along and just repeat this after me with everybody in this room. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I give you my life. I give you everything, Lord. I just surrender today my will to you. And I say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I ask you to accept me with flaws and all, issues that you know. Help me, Jesus, to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud. Right, church, give me a hand if you prayed it online. We're so proud of you. So proud of you. And I mean it what I said. I'm not, it don't bother me any. I don't mind telling you, it's false. Somebody telling you that only a few people are saved. Not true. It's not true. Not true. Some of y'all look at me when I say I could feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. I'm, well, straight up, I'm going to tell you. I've seen too many people got hurt by this stuff. Not cool. But if you pray that prayer, we're so excited for you. And what we'd love for you to do is help us by <clears throat> following along with us. But connect.cornerstonerome.com, we want to help you begin the process of discipleship. You made this choice today. You made this choice online today. Connect.cornerstonerome.com. If you'll fill that out for us, let us know. We'll help you get started walking with Christ today. All right? So everybody else, let's all stand to our feet this morning. Let's we'll share something we is before we go. So excited before I declare the blessing of the Lord over you this morning. So excited. <clears throat> we don't have pictures because guys were working so hard Saturday. But um, we'll show you some things next week maybe. But we got the chapel, uh, all the stuff installed. If, in case you didn't know what we were doing, uh, during the pandemic, we had to take all kinds of gear from over there, put it in here, buy all kinds of stuff just to be able to stream and handle the amount of volume that everybody, once every, we were already online, but when everybody got online, it just, it made it crazy. And so... Once we got ready to move back to the chapel, we had a number of things that were just almost you know, a year and a half with no use of it. Air conditioners went down, stuff broke, stuff just wasn't working. It was just the strangest thing. 
some stuff just got outdated. We had to replace it. And so we got it all finished this weekend. They cleaned it out. It's ready to roll. So Wednesday night, student ministry will be the first ones in there. Wednesday night, back into the chapel. They get to use it first and get in there and just rock it out and check it out and all that kind of stuff. Pastor Victor said, it's ready to roll. We're going to rock it out. <laughs> so, so it's cool. And then next, the next couple of Sundays, we're going to do some trials. But by Easter Sunday, Cornerstone in Espanol will be able to go back to the chapel and utilize uh, the chapel again like they were before. And that way we won't be such time constraints like trying to rush and rush. It's very difficult on everybody, on our volunteers, trying to turn over two different things like that. So we're really excited about that. And I just want to say thank you for your giving because we did this out of general. We didn't ask you for anything extra. We did everything we did over there, which is about $15,000 worth of work. It, it took a lot to, to get everything back into. It's a lot. If you want to see it, Maybe next Sunday we can open. I don't know. We'll see. If you want to go there and look. Nothing really new to see other than it's a bunch of different gear to make everything work. But I just want to say thank you for giving. Thank you for your stewardship. And uh, you can give to the church online as well. But thank you. I really appreciate it. It makes it easier on me to move forward with ministry. And so anyway, we're really excited about that. And so maybe get some pictures next week for you. So before we go, let me declare this over you. This is out of numbers. We already sang it. We declared it over babies. Singing it over you. So I'm going to say it one more time before we go. Can we do that? Numbers chapter 6, the Bible says, May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, that's our prayer for you. God bless you guys so much. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.